Words matter. They can change the course of your day. Just listen. You are brave. You are stronger than you think. You have value, worth, and dignity. Don't you feel better already? Welcome to Speak Healing Words, the podcast. Join author and board-certified life coach Janelle Reardon as she opens a very important conversation about the power of our words. Hello and welcome to Speak Healing Words, the podcast. I am Janelle and I am your host for today's conversation. We are in week four of our four weeks in 1 Corinthians 13. Do the one thing that changes everything. In week one, we talked about that one thing. And that one thing is choosing love over hate. Choosing love over grudges. Choosing love over blaming. Choosing love over shaming. Choosing love. And we looked at those vibrant verses In 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous, love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. All of these beautiful practices that will take us a lifetime, I am sure, at least me, to fulfill. We also went to the source and the supply of that kind of love. And in my life, being a Christ follower, I know that I only can love that way, love in the fullness. The only way I can give real love to anyone in my spheres of influence is to receive first that love from God. And we looked at 1 John 3 and 1 John 4, these little chapters, these letters that are in the New Testament of the Bible. And they confirmed that we receive our love from God. And in and of itself, Janelle, me, I cannot love anyone. In my own nature, in my own skin, I can love, I love well. But if I have to really forgive someone in order to really embrace love, real love, I'm going to need God's help. And I shared my story. You can listen in on, oh, was it episode five and six? Because we're here in episode eight today. Then we looked at real love being intentional. And that an intention is merely a proclamation. And the Bible is full of proclamation and intention. And we spoke about being strategic and specific. And that was such a beautiful conversation, a conversation that really has affected my life. I I really, honestly, am different. I'll share a little bit more later about that. And then last week, we talked about real love requiring risk and vulnerability. That if we open our heart to real love, more than likely, real love is going to hurt. Yeah, that's, a, that's really the reality of the situation is we will probably experience some form or fashion of pain, sorrow, loss, grief. I was just talking to a beautiful, beautiful woman today who opened her heart up to love. 
And yes, it did bring some heartache, some heartbrokenness, some pain. But ultimately, we know as men and women who follow the Christ, that ultimately, as, as Paul wrote in Romans 8, 28, ultimately, if we keep our eyes fixed on that path that leads us towards God, that he ultimately will work together everything in our life for the good because we are called to God. We've, we are participating in this life with God. And so today, all of that brings us to the culmination, drumroll, to the culmination of our brief, our brief look at real love. And thanks to the Velveteen Rabbit and the beautiful writing of Marjorie Williams, that children's picture book, we, we were able to see theology written so simply that real love, yeah, it's going to hurt bit by bit. Our eyes might pop out. We're going to lose our hair. Our hair is going to turn gray. We're going to get wrinkles. You know, we're going to get it rubbed, rubbed, rubbed. And that's real love. Real love is, is just being able to truly be seen and valued and belong to someone. And as Marjorie writes in The Velveteen Rabbit, the skin horse tells the beautiful Velveteen Rabbit, you know, it's not just love for a little time. It's love for a lifetime. That just came out. I really like that to write that down. And you know, it, it makes me think, and I, oh, I'm going to go ahead. It, it just makes me think of the time that I spent in Thailand and I would hear these absolutely stunningly beautiful women on the streets going, love me for a little time, love me for a short time, love you for a short time. And, and we know that that's not the best. That's not God's love. God wants us to be in relationships that have real love, that love long and hard, love through thick and thin, love through rich and poor, sickness and health, love, real love. So today, I want to I want to round out this conversation about being a person who who offers this real love to everyone in their spheres of influence. And real love, a real lover, is safe. Yeah. It's a topic that came up this week. And when I hear the word safe, my mind and heart drifts back to the living room floor of the house that my husband Rob built for our family back in 1993. Our twins were three at the time. Our elder daughter was seven. I had just lost my father and moved into this beautiful home that my husband had constructed and, and saw the overseeing of building for us. And Hurricane Bonnie, shortly after we moved in, came in full force. We live in Virginia on the East Coast, so hurricanes are, are well known to us. This hurricane was a big one, and Bonnie was wrecking havoc on our community with fierce winds and torrential rain, power outages. It was pretty intense. And Rob and I sat in the middle of the living room with our three children, sitting closely in a little circle, desperately hoping to distract them by playing a board game. 
The storm peaked as a Category 3 with greater than 100 miles per hour winds. At times, it I sincerely felt like our house would suddenly be swept straight away to the land of Oz. And even though I was intensely fearful of what might happen, somehow I remember feeling really safe. Now, that doesn't make sense in the spirit, soul, body realm. But in that situation, that, that one in which I shouldn't have felt safe, I did feel safe in that little circle of trust in my living room. And felt, felt safe, feeling safe is really the operative word here. So felt comes from the root uh, to feel. And that means to have one's sensibilities markedly affected by, with an A, affected. That means my body should have been on high alert in the fight, flight, or freeze. And I know that I was nervous, but I was deeply secure and safe inside. Weather reports affirmed the gravity of this hurricane, but I still felt innately safe. And I think there were several reasons that factored into this. And as I wrote in our our e-newsletter this past Tuesday, yesterday, in Tuesday's tips for personal growth, I felt safe because my husband's foresight had led him to put hurricane preparedness precautions into the construction of our family home. So our roof was hurricane-proofed grade. My husband's strength and his confidence infused and gave me strength and confidence. And because we'd been through so much already in our 20-plus years of marriage, I knew Rob was trustworthy. That settled me. That made me at ease. I felt comfortable inside of that home, on that floor, and even inside my body. I was at ease because I trusted this man who had been taking care of me for so long. And ultimately, I knew he trusted God. And I think the most important reason I felt safe and secure was that I was with the most important people in my life, my husband and our three children. And if anything did happen, we were together. And we were connected. We knew we belonged together. And nothing, no Hurricane Bonnie, could break that internal sense of safety that we felt as a family was a circle of trust. And I believe every human being on earth deserves their very own circle of trust. Inside that sacred space, you see, that the threefold cord of emotional health and spiritual authenticity, that threefold cord we embrace here, our healthy sense of self, which is our value, our sense of belonging, our sense of we, we are in this community. We are loved. This was my family, my circle of trust. Healthy behavior patterns were in place. When we feared, we looked to God and we trusted God. When we had anxiety, we leaned harder into God and on one another. And then our healthy communication patterns. We spoke life and healing words into that space. We didn't entertain fear. We didn't shrivel in the corner. 
Although those are all affects of emotions, yes. But for some reason in that little circle of trust, inside that home, inside that hurricane, I felt so safe. From that sacred space, a circle of trust, you and me, we are able to offer real love to ourselves and everyone in our sphere of influence. Today we read through 1 Corinthians 13, verses 9 all the way to the end. I'm going to hop there right now to verse 13. Last week, I'll, I'll start with the last verse from last week, verse 8. Love will never become obsolete. This is the voice translation. The NIV says love will never fail. Love never fails. Now as for the prophetic gifts, they will not last. Unknown languages will become silent and the gift of knowledge will no longer be needed. Gifts of knowledge and prophecy are partial at best, at least for now. But when the perfection and fullness of God's kingdom arrive, all the parts will end. Verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke thought, and reasoned in childlike ways as we all do. But when I became a man, I left my childish ways behind me. We talked all about that in our four weeks in Ephesians 4. So you can check back on the podcast for those four um, episodes. They're so good. Verse 12, for now, we can only see a dim and blurry picture of things as when we stare into polished metal. I realize that everything I know is only part of the big picture. But one day, when Jesus arrives, we will see clearly face to face. Oh, in that day, I will fully know just as I have been wholly known by God. So I will fully know and I will be fully known by God. Last, our final verse. But now faith, hope, and love remain. These three virtues must characterize our lives. That's an imperative, isn't it? They must characterize our lives. The greatest of these is love. Oh my goodness. I love this so much. Love must characterize our lives. That's what we've been talking about. Real, authentic I am what you see. I am who I am. I'm the same in the dark as I am in the light. As the brilliant Charles Spurgeon, I believe it was, or D.L. Moody once said, a man's character is who he is in the dark. I am who I am and I am who I show you. I'm the same person. I am not defined by anything external. I am defined by love, by the love that lives in me. Real love is safe. And I want us to be real lovers, women and men, heart lifters. And I want us to be known as safe people. One of the greatest books I've ever read was by Henry Cloud, Safe People, How to Find Relationships That Are Good for You and Avoid Those That Aren't. Well, when I wrote Overcoming Hurtful Words, Rewrite Your Own Story, I had already read Safe People a million times probably and underlined it even more. But for some reason, it was in my head, but had not yet reached my heart, and it certainly wasn't being lived out or practiced. So I knew how to look for safe people, but I obviously wasn't there yet. But through that spiritual tipping point with Angela and that that um, visceral wound I received from her uh, words, 
That brought me to the place where I finally understood that I could choose safe people and set boundaries in my life and keep the the unsafe people out. So let me just read this one or two quotes here. Henry Cloud writes, every relationship has problems because every person has problems. And the place that our problems appear most glaringly is in our close relationships. The key is whether or not we can hear from our others where we are wrong and accept their feedback without getting defensive. Time and time again, the Bible says that someone who listens to feedback from others is wise, but someone who does not is a fool. Hmm. Here's the one I just want to close our short time with today and leave us some food for thought for our Facebook Live and for our blog and some conversations later. Cloud writes, we need to use both reason and emotion in our choosing of people. We get into danger when we ignore our reason, when we find our hearts are attracted to people that our heads know better than to choose. At those times, we find ourselves picking people who cannot satisfy our needs and whose character does not measure up to our essential values. Our hearts become disconnected from our values and in conflict with our true needs. Because our hearts have been programmed to seek some sort of sickness inside, we find relationships that match the sickness inside our hearts. Oh, my dear friends, I just want to close out our four weeks talking about real love, leaving with you those words that sometimes we match the sickness inside of our hearts with and choosing the sickness, right, in relationships. And overcoming hurtful words, I share my story. And please go, go read my story and let it inform your story. Because honestly, the subtitle to that book could be Learning Not to Choose Sick Relationships. Learning to choose safe people. Learning to live my truth. Come home to myself, know my God-breathed identity, and live in healthy relationships that are healthy, healthy, healthy. We'll be talking so much more about this on the blog and on Facebook Live. So please go to my website, JanelleRairdon.com. Subscribe so that you won't miss any of these rich conversations that we're having on how to live our very best God-breathed lives. Until next time, have a blessed day. And remember, you have value, worth, and dignity. Bless you. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and conversation, please join the Speak Healing Words community at JanelleReardon.com.